Friends, today is the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, and we are looking at the fifth sign in the Gospel of John. These signs are miracles done by Jesus, but the point is not the miracle. The point is what the miracle reveals about Jesus. The first sign was Jesus changing water into wine. The second was Jesus healing a little boy without ever seeing him. The third sign was Jesus healing a man who was paralyzed and lying by the pool of Bethesda, which Reverend Beth Longhiggins shared about last week on the UCC's Health and Human Service Sunday. The fourth sign was Jesus feeding more than 5,000 people with only five barley loaves and two little fish, which we talked about two weeks ago. That story of Jesus, Jesus feeding the multitude of people reminds us to anticipate abundance. To not waste what Jesus gives us. And to respond in trust instead of trying to fit Jesus into the categories that we already have. I remind you of this because the fifth sign happens right after the fourth sign. In your Bibles, there's a nice little section break between the two. But we get the most out of the whole story when we read straight through. So we're going to pick up this morning in John chapter 6, verse 14. You have heard these first two verses before. The disciples have just picked up 12 basketfuls of leftover bread. When the people saw that Jesus had done a miraculous sign, they said, this is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. And Jesus understood that they were about to come and force him to be their king. So he took refuge again, alone, on a mountain. When evening came, Jesus' disciples went down to the lake. They were by the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. They got into a boat, and they were going across the lake to Capernaum. It was already getting dark, and Jesus hadn't come to them yet. The water was getting rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when the wind had driven them out for about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the water. He was approaching the boat, and they were afraid. He said to them, I am. Don't be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and just then the boat reached the land where they had been heading. These are the words of God for all people. Thanks be to God. I want to point out just a few quick things to you in this story before we consider what it might mean for us today and then celebrate communion together. The first thing is that Matthew and Mark's Gospels also contain a version of this story, but it's not quite the same. Luke doesn't tell this story at all. In Matthew and Mark, this also happens right after Jesus feeds a massive crowd of people, but neither one of them bothered to include the bit about Jesus withdrawing because the people wanted to make him their king. That's just in John. In Matthew's version, you'll know this, Peter gets out of the boat and takes a few steps on the water towards Jesus. Mark doesn't include that part. In Matthew, Mark, and John, Jesus says the same thing to the disciples. He says, 
I am. Don't be afraid. Now, some of your Bibles might have him saying, it is I. If you look this up in your Bible, it'll say this, it is I. Now, that makes more sense grammatically, but it's not actually what the original Greek says, and this is important. Jesus doesn't say, it is I. He says, I am. And I very purposely asked Alan to use all capital letters when he made the slides because I wanted you to really get what Jesus is saying. The other place in the Bible where you will see all capital letters is in the Old Testament when the proper name of God, which in Hebrew is Y-H-W-H, sometimes we say Yahweh, Jews don't pronounce that word at all. When that proper name is used in the Old Testament, the translators will usually write the Lord in small caps. Okay, This is the name that God claims for God's self in the burning bush when Moses asks, what is your name? And God replies, I am who I am. In this moment, as Jesus walks on the water through the storm towards the disciples after miraculously feeding thousands of people and then refusing to be their king, in this moment, Jesus is invoking the divine name. He then follows it up with one of the most common directions that God ever gives to people. Don't be afraid. I am. Don't be afraid. Here's where John's story is different. If you are used to hearing this story, you may not have even noticed it. I didn't. In John's version of the story, friends, Jesus does not calm the storm. He walks on the water. He invokes the divine name. He invites the disciples to be brave. He does not calm the storm. This morning, as we approach the communion table, as we consider what this story offers to us, I again want to invite you to let this be something more than just an intellectual exercise. The signs in the book of John are designed to draw us deeper into a relationship of trust with Jesus, to have an experience of Jesus, even though we weren't there in person. That's what the stories are supposed to do. And as I considered what kind of environment we could create here this morning that would allow space for us to experience God when we all experience God in such different ways, you know what came to me? God reminded me that we are all in the same boat. One of the primary ways that we experience God, especially when we are gathered together in worship, is through each other we experience God. Being together, gathered in this sacred space, in time that we have set apart that we could be using to do all of the many things that keep us busy, we are with God because we are with one another. We are all in the same 
I remind you of this today because it is so easy for us to become self-absorbed. It is easy for me to think that my faith is just about me and Jesus. And I get worried and resentful because I don't feel like Jesus has climbed into my boat and calmed my storm. Friends, meeting God in one another reminds us that what happens to my boat isn't the full story. We are all in the same boat. We are all facing storms. Let me be clear, I know we have very privileged lives, but we are all still facing storms. We are in the same boat. We pretend that we aren't, especially at church, which just breaks my heart. If there is one place where you don't have to have it all together, it's here. Please don't try to pretend you're perfect. Please don't pretend everything is fine if it's not. It is not weakness to admit that you're in a storm. We are in the same boat. And in fact, before we come to the communion table, I want to invite us this morning to be honest about where we are. I wonder how many of us this morning are in a storm of physical illness. Maybe something chronic that just won't let you go. If you are in a storm of physical illness, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Friends online, please chime in too. And guys, it's fine to look around. This is the point. To be in community means to be here for one another. How many of us this morning are in a storm of mental illness? That's a lot. What about a storm of parenting? Okay. What about some conflict at school or work or your volunteer organization? What about a storm in your marriage or in some other significant relationship? How many are in a storm of disappointment this morning? Yeah. How many are in a financial storm this morning? Yeah. What about a life transition? Something going on? Yeah. What about a storm of loneliness? Just feeling lonely. Friends, beloved, we are in the same boat. You are not alone. You are not alone. To be in Christian community is to face the storms together. Which means we have to know that we're in a storm. Which means we have to be vulnerable enough to share that we're in a storm. And friends, we are not just in these storms with each other. 
because across the heaving waves of our storm comes walking Jesus Christ himself, the one who is human enough to feel our pain and divine enough to redeem our suffering. Jesus comes to us in the storm, speaking the divine name, opening up all possibilities of existence and saying to us, don't be afraid. And remember the end of the story. Jesus gets in the boat. And they get to the other side of the lake. Even if Jesus doesn't calm the storm. His presence in the boat gets us where we need to go. Even if Jesus doesn't calm the storm, his presence in the boat gets us where we need to go. The ritual of communion is yet another way that we experience God. We don't take communion with our brains, but with our hands and our mouths. And in John, Jesus is the Word made flesh. And his incarnation, his God self in human self, sanctifies our embodied experiences. What happens to us matters, and we know him in the breaking of the bread. His real presence is really here with us, each of us and all of us. And the fact that we are together, both physically and virtually, reminds us of that. In fact, this is one of the ways that God is redeeming this season of life for me. It's always been hard to figure, like, how is Jesus here if he's not really here? But in this season of life, we now understand better the sense of being together, even if we aren't physically together. Why, then, should we doubt? If we know that our friends online are here, friends online, you know you're here with us. Why, then, should we doubt that Christ is here with us? in a meaningful and real way. And for this reason, our ancestors have insisted for hundreds of years that this is the joyful feast of the people of God, where people of all ages, races, and sexes, people in every type of sacred body, come from the north, south, east, and west to gather at Christ's table. 